This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sacrosanti United Methodist Church, November 7, 2021. The message is the fragrance of faith, based on 2 Corinthians 2, 14-17, and John 2, 1-8. Would you join me as I pray? Loving, gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for what you are doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. We thank you for the gift of life, and we thank you for the gift of the people who loved us and led us to you. And we thank you for all the veterans, all those who gave themselves for this country. As we come together this morning, we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Teach us what you want from us. And lead us to the path that Jesus Christ walked before us. Come, Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to your life-giving word. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I remember it was a few days after I started serving a congregation in South Jersey. I was driving on a local road in a rural area, and all of a sudden, I smelled something very unpleasant inside my minivan. I'm kind of sensitive to smell, so I asked my family if anyone did fart by any chance. <laughs> At the time, Emma and Nathan were much younger, and they were so competitive about everything, and both of them were claiming that they did. <laughs> now, I just wanted to tease, but um, it didn't work, so I just opened the car windows to refresh the air in, within the car inside the car. But guess what? As soon as I opened them, the smell got a lot worse than before. And I realized the smell was actually uh, coming from outside. It was fertilizer smell. Those of you who smelled it would know how difficult it is to bear. I wanted to get rid of the smell, but there was nothing I could do to eliminate it. But it gradually went away as we were approaching the church. Friends, when you smell something unpleasant, what do you do? You would move away or try to remove the source of smell. Like the other human senses, smells involves our minds, our bodies, our memories, our emotions. When you smell something good and unpleasant, good and pleasant, it would lead you to look for it, to take certain actions. When you smell something delicious, you would gravitate toward it. If it's a dinner time, you would feel grateful, knowing that the dinner is being ready. You would know what is, what's being cooked when you smell. Some years ago, one of the fast food um, 
restaurant business launched a new brand of perfume that smells like a Whopper, <laughs> America's favorite burger. When it first came out, it was good news to those who wish to smell like a warm, tasty burger and want to spread the, spread the scent. We also know smell and memory are so closely connected and linked. A recent study found that the people remember only 5% of what they see, but 35% of what they smell. Isn't it interesting? Some smells provoke our memories, the fond memories of a people we love. The perfume or shampoo that your mom or your grandma used. Some smells remind us of people we love and remember. Smell of fresh bread baked in an oven. Smell of homemade chicken noodle soup. How many of you can imagine? Yes, yes. Or fresh mowed grass. There is fragrance that brings back our old memories and feelings and makes us feel grateful and cared. When we smell something, we discover something, we remember something, don't we? In today's gospel reading in John 12, the gospel narrative is based on not just what people saw and heard, but on what they smelled. They smelled something. It reads, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. We heard what was going on in the house from the gospel reading read by Carol. Mary and Martha were throwing a party in Jesus' honor. Martha was, as usual, working in the kitchen, preparing to serve up a good meal for Jesus and, and his companies. Mary was now serving the guest of honor with a traditional ritual of hospitality, washing feet of a guest, but in somewhat unusual ways. She was washing, rubbing Jesus' feet with her hair. She was not using water, but the precious perfume. We don't know exactly what compelled Mary to pour out a pound of costly perfume on Jesus. But this morning I want us to think about the fragrance that filled the house, the entire house, and to imagine what that fragrance was like. As we reflect on what, Je what Mary did for Jesus at the moment, what do you smell, friends? What do you smell from this story? I don't know about you, but I smell the fragrance, fragrance of faith from this story. How do I describe the fragrance of faith? You know, it's known that people can distinguish 10,000 different smells. But the problem is that we don't have the words for those 10,000 smells. Our language falls short of describing those smells with words. What's interesting here is though that the Greek adjectives that John used to describe the perfume or the, the nard ointment has root in the Greek word pistis, 
The pistis in Greek means faith. Faith. It means trustworthy and faithful. The word demonstrates the nature of an outpouring act of Mary. It helps us understand, describe what the fragrance of faith would be like. I believe this gospel story reveals at least two aspects of the fragrance of faith. First, the fragrance of faith is about the faith that we smell when we give thanks to God wholeheartedly. When we give thanks to God wholeheartedly, we smell this fragrance of faith. It's about our genuine sense of gratitude that makes our faith fragrant to God and to others around us. When the fragrance of perfume fills the house, we see two different responses from people there. First response is from Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples. You know him. Judas complained that the perfume could have been sold and used for the poor. But in John's Gospel, the evolving story of Judas has developed to the point that Judas was a thief in addition to being the betrayer. Unlike the other Gospel, which seems to portray Judas somewhat sympathetically, John is absolute that Judas is not honorable in this story. Especially in this narrative, the issue is not really the contrast between the, the um, extravagant worship and charity to the poor. At least in John's narrative, it's more of a contrast between Mary's extra, extravagant expression of gratitude and Judas' pretension of caring for the poor. Like I said, it's hard to know what was behind Mary's act because her actual voice is missing in this gospel narrative. The most likely scenario is that this was a token of moving and profound gratitude to Jesus for restoring her brother, Lazarus, to life. Remember what happened to this family? Lazarus, the brother of Martha and Mary, was dead, but was alive again. And Jesus saved him from the dead, from the tomb. And he was giving the bath, she was giving the bath to the one who brought her brother back to life. Washing Jesus' feet with costly perfume was her outpouring of love and gratitude for Jesus. Friends, we should thank God with our words. But thanksgiving is inherently a word of action. Remember the sign that we put outside? Now it's, it's a different, different sign. True love is an action word, right? And true love gives its heart. It's about action. Thanksgiving is also inherently a word of action, and Mary exemplified that. If I falling at the feet of Savior, washing his feet with the precious perfume that filled the house, she expressed the whole heart, wholeheartedly, the grass, a sense of gratitude for Jesus. And that's what the fragrance of faith brings to us and to those around us. 
Friends, what is one thing you can do? What is one thing you can do to express your gratitude to God? Think about that. What is one thing you can do to express your gratitude for Jesus, our Savior, our Lord? Second, the fragrance of faith is about the faith that looks to the future. The faith that looks to the future. In the party, everyone was happy, right? Supposed to be. Was happy, enjoying good meal and conversation. But you know, Jesus knew what was coming as he set his face toward Jerusalem. He knew what, what it was to come. Passover, Passover was approaching. He smelled the fragrance of his own death. He couldn't be just happy, celebratory at the party, at the feast. Perhaps by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Mary might have understood and list partly what was going on with Jesus. She wanted to identify with him in the way that he had identified with her so long ago in her own struggle. As someone said, love expressed is not sufficient. It needs to be heard to have any meaning. In other words, it is not adequate for you to just say you love your wife, you love your spouse, you love your grandchildren, you love your children, though that's, that's a good start. You must get into the minds of the beloved and find out what is most meaningful to him or to her in receiving love and then give love in that way. Love expressed is not sufficient. It has to be heard to have meaning, friends. Mary expressed her love in this profound, lovely way. And Jesus obviously heard it and said, Mary did that for his burial. In the Jewish tradition, the bodies of the dead were anointed prior to burial as a sign of honor and respect. Mary's action here therefore had significance for the future. What's going to happen to Jesus? Her faith was fragrant because it was basically the faith that looked to the future. One thing we should note that here is though, the fragrance could be shared because Mary broke the jar. It could be shared because Mary broke the jar the jar. The fragrance of Jesus was culminated on the cross where his body was broken for us. Because Christ's body was broken, the fragrance of salvation could be shared with the world. The fragrance of Christian faith could spread into the world from Judea to Samaria to Asia to Africa to America, to our ancestors, to our ancestors, to our grandparents and parents, and finally to each of us here at Sakasana UMC. This morning we're celebrating All Saints Sunday. It's an opportunity to give thanks for those who have led us to Jesus and those who have made an impact in our lives. Because they have shared the gospel with us, we can add our voice to someone 
so someone, can, someone else may see and hear and smell the grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Mary broke the precious jar, the fragrance of the costly perfume could be used for our precious Lord Jesus Christ prior to his crucifixion. Of course, some didn't like what she did. They, they even put a blame on her. But Jesus smelled the fragrance of her faith. And it filled the entire house. And there's no doubt that the fragrance must, been, must become an unforgettable uh, reminder of Jesus for all who were in that house that day. Friends, as you read this story, imagine yourself being in that house with Jesus. Just imagine yourself being in that house with Jesus at this moment. What do you smell? Do you smell the incredible fragrance of faith? I know it's too early for dinner, but I believe God is calling us to join that dinner party this morning, friends. God is calling us to smell that fragrance of faith. We smell from Mary. We don't have to travel afar because it's happening right here. The din that dinner party is happening right here in the house of God, here at Sakasana UMC. The question for us is, what is the jar that needs to be broken? What is the jar that needs to be broken in you so that it could be shared with others today? More importantly, what is in your jar today? Is it a fragrance of gratitude or the stench of complaints? Is it the fragrance of love or the stench of hatred? What are the things that you can do to share your gratitude and love for God with others today and this week? Because that's what it means to share the fragrance of faith as disciples of Jesus Christ. What, can you, what difference can you make in this world? We've seen all those harsh words and comments from social media after the election. I know it's hard for some of us. For some of us, maybe a joyful news. But what, what difference can you make? What fragrance of faith can you share with others in this particular climate as a Christian? When I was living in Nashville and doing my doctoral work, I worked part-time at Vanderbilt University Library. The library made it possible for community users to access the um, computers during the daytime. And since the university was close to Nashville downtown, there were uh, some homeless people who would come to use computers. And some students complained about their presence due to the safety matters. Others would leave the computer room because of their stench. Most of the homeless would just check out emails or play games, but you know, there was a middle-aged guy whose name was Chris. Chris came to the library for a few times a week, and he, we became a good friend. And whenever he came, he was writing something using the computer. He was a writer. I normally worked in the circulation desk helping pay the patrons in the library, 
Once in a while, he would come and ask me about spelling of some English words and try to print out some pages. And one day, he um, brought me a poem he worked on for many, for many days. It was a beautiful poem about hope in faith. I wish I had a copy of the poem, but he was willing to share it not only with me, but also with others. He submitted to a newspaper called a Contributor, a newspaper disputed, distributed and sold by the homeless on the streets back then. He said he wanted to share the message with other homeless people and those who feel hopeless. He said he wanted to share the message with others. I was struck by his words of hope, a song about hope in faith. He was talking about hope in the most hope, hopeless situation. And that hope was grounded in his faith in God. To be honest with you, his body smelled bad with sweat and dirt and blended on a hot summer day. But I could smell the fragrance of his faith. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I love those last words in, in this gospel story. The perfume, the, the, the fragrance was filled, the filled house. Think about that, friends. When Mary used the perfume, the fragrance flowed everywhere. When she wiped the perfume off Jesus' feet with her hair, then wherever Mary went, the fragrance was sure to go. The blessing given to Jesus ended up being shared with other people. The fragrance would forever be a reminder of Jesus' love and sacrifice. Wherever, wherever he walked, when people saw Mary, they caught the fragrance and they thought of Jesus. Wherever the gospel is preached, the fragrance was shared with others, other people, across cultures and time. Friends, you may not have that expensive perfume that Mary broke, but remember, each of you have in your heart You have more precious than what Mary had, your faith. And that needs to be broken. That needs to be shared with others. That needs to be shared so that fragrance can feel where you are, wherever you go. Where it's the workplace, the home place, marketplace, wherever you go, that fragrance of faith needs to be shared. In 2 Corinthians 2.15, the Apostle Paul also talks about the Christian identity in terms of fragrance. And I want to close my sermon with his words. So listen, friends. Remember, you are a fragrance of faith. You are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved, among those who are perishing. As a life-giving perfume, your life is a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God and spreading over those surrounding you. So friends, may each of you be a reminder of Christ through the fragrance of your faith you share wherever you go.
Amen.